Greetings, and welcome to episode 25 of Ending the Sexual Dark Age. I'm J.V. Authoros, and I thank you for joining me once again to shine a little sense on sexuality. This week was originally intended to be a jumbo listener mail, but I'm going to save El Jumbas for the next time. Work is demanding, life is a little hectic, so I'm going to slide by with a quickie this week. And to those waiting patiently for me to get to their questions, I do sincerely thank you. Without further ado, I present you with Listener Mail Volume 8. Gonna start off with a quick funny story that Katriana shared on the website. She used to manage a sex shop and heard the story about a little old lady who used to work there. A guy came in one day and started spanking it at the magazine rack. So this lady takes a baseball bat-sized dildo out of the package and starts beating the guy with it. He runs out the door. She chases him down the street, beating the guy with a giant dildo while he's trying to pull his pants up. Oh, fuck, you know, that probably happened before YouTube, but moments like that are the reason YouTube was invented. And if anyone within the sound of my voice happens to ever witness a dildo attack, do please record a video for posterity and share it with the show. Next, Gina writes, I have a crisis. I went through a bad relationship where there was sexual trauma. At least that's what my therapist calls it. The ex had a severe fetish that took over every single encounter. And though I didn't like it, I forced myself to go along to keep him happy. Even once it got to be too much for me to do, and in countless fits of hysterical crying, he promised never to do it again, he wouldn't stop. I ended the entire relationship. There were more issues, of course, but that was the deal breaker. With that said, I met someone with whom I had the most amazing sex ever. I've never in my life been able to have an orgasm. However, I found out years back that I could squirt. Shower referred to it as wet orgasms. This new guy was able to make me squirt without manual stimulation, which I didn't even know was possible. Life was on the mend, until it became blatantly clear that we were not compatible. Career, family, recreational activities, etc. A light bulb came on and said to give a close friend a shot. I already knew we were compatible in a lot of ways. This turned out to be the worst sex ever in life. We had sex a couple different days in different scenarios, and it was literally like I was back in junior high with some teenage virgin. It was so bad I couldn't even go through with it a third time. Just nonstop, in and out, literally so fast that I can't believe he doesn't practice that one on a pillow. No skill, no rhythm, no foreplay, no general knowledge of what's going on with a woman's special place. Yes, now I'm just trying to be an ass. Anyhow, chalk up years of literally emotionally painful sex, then throw in ridiculously horrible sex with that one exception, and I'm considering just being celibate for a year. Question 1. Is this a scenario where you just get back on and try it again, or would a break like celibacy let me forget and move on, allowing the next time to be almost new? Question 2. I don't think I'm that great sexually. I've become extremely shy, reserved, and fearful as a result of my past relationship. My common sense says suck it up, acknowledge it, and get over it, but I can't seem to get that confidence or excitement that I know I should have. I used to be very into sex, and now it's literally a stressful event. I think I identify with Shara as more of a submissive. I love blindfolds and restraints. Would starting to experience more dom-sub sex help me to get over my fears and nervousness with sex? Obviously, I would need someone very respectful of the hard and soft limits, but maybe knowing we are playing by those rules will help me to feel comfortable. And I'm thinking the more someone tells me to do something and I'm out to please them, the better I will get at it. Any advice or direction is always much appreciated. I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for your podcast talking sense into me. Well, Gina, I think you should be encouraged by the fact that you're bouncing back from a sexual trauma as well as you are. On your first question, I'm a member of the get back on the horse school of thought. Celibacy can be a productive thing, but I'm not sure how much it would help when your most powerful memories of sex are negative recent memories. Out of the two guys since leaving your ex, you're at 50-50 in the sex department, and that ain't bad. The sad fact is that good sex can be really tough to find in the dark age, and odds are you might need to spend a little bit of time looking for it. 
If you feel like you need downtime from men altogether, then a short break might do you good, but it's not going to speed up the process of finding that guy that can push your buttons. If the guy that recently made you squirt is booty call material, that's a perfectly viable option for some consistent good sex while you're looking. Booty calls are emotionally viable for some people and not others, so you've got to be the judge of that. I'd say your next step here is to take some time and decide what you want out of relationships and sex in the immediate future. You're self-conscious about your sexual skills, but that can be molded to work in your favor. And it's very likely more dom sub-time would indeed help you with your confidence. One of the big advantages of a situation in which you set specific spoken limits beforehand is that you'll be absolutely certain that your ex's fetish will not come into play. I think that would probably count for a lot in your situation. You'll probably be more inclined to embrace an experience that you feel safe about going in, and developing a new safe zone is especially important in getting over any sexual trauma. Bear in mind, though, you don't need a BDSM relationship for that. I shout from the rooftops that all you girls need to be more vocal and assertive about your sexual needs. Don't hesitate to tell a new guy where your boundaries are, and especially where they aren't. You're making sex a priority for yourself, which is always the right thing to do. So laying it on the line early on in a relationship is viable and even an advisable option. As a bonus, telling a guy that you've never had an orgasm can give you a very clear window into his sexual confidence before he ever gets to first base. Watch his reaction. If he looks scared or intimidated, he's underconfident. Probably doesn't have the wherewithal to get the job done. If he's all, oh, no big deal, you just ain't never had none of this before, baby, he's way overconfident and has probably had women faking orgasms on him for years. What you're looking for is a guy whose eyebrows raise with a grin that says, challenge accepted. That means he's confident and he probably earned it. Whether you decide to look for someone who identifies as a dom and has experience negotiating scenes or a playful vanilla guy, a woman asking to be told what to do is generally a pretty big turn on. Most guys are more than happy to accept conditions like, I'll do whatever you tell me to except this, this, and this. Most guys in the dark age don't have the sense or the willingness to ask for it, but men find it extremely helpful when women take the time to define their boundaries for us in plain language that we can understand. And to harken back to an earlier episode, that means hitting us over the head with a fucking brick. Because we're guys, and that's just how we roll. Shopping for a new playmate is a challenge that can end up being a pretty long road, but you'll be just fine as long as you don't forget to enjoy the ride. Next up, Kirsten writes, I have another question for you. I've been using a vibrating egg on my clit to masturbate. I'm using it almost daily. Homework. I'm thinking, though, I might be desensitizing myself. It is taking way too long for me to come when my husband goes down on me. I want to start using my fingers instead of the egg so that I can get my sensitivity back where it was. Problem is, it isn't working. I've always used electric toys to get me there, just never on a daily basis. I don't know how to get myself off using my fingers. It sounds really dumb to say that, but the fact is my clit likes two things, the egg and his magic tongue. I'm trying to research finding my G-spot. I think that could be the key. Well, Kirsten, developing numbness from vibration is a well-known condition. It's been thoroughly documented in the realm of workplace ergonomics, actually, because of the many places vibrating equipment is used in various industries. As with most side effects, various people will experience them to varying degrees. Some women never have an issue, and others end up in exactly your predicament. The first thing you should try is a toy that oscillates instead of vibrating. Oscillation is more like a back-and-forth motion than a vibration, and your clit probably will not be able to tell the difference. Your favorite sex shop or online dongorama will know exactly what you're talking about, and I was able to find a few oscillating toys on Amazon in a couple of minutes. As far as training your fingers, the next time he's going down on you, Use it as an exercise and an opportunity for research. Oh yes, we're all about research on Listener Mail 8. 
Pay attention to exactly what he's doing with his mouth. When you try getting off with your fingers, fantasize about the encounter you were studying and imagine your fingers as his tongue. This is a basic association exercise that will help your brain make the connection between your fingers and sexual pleasure. And don't get discouraged if it doesn't work right away. You might even want to try warming up with a toy and trying to finish with your fingers or vice versa or mix it up or hey, just have fun. You're masturbating every day anyway, you might as well mix it up a little. The biggest thing is to avoid getting stressed about it, get yourself an oscillating toy and practice, practice, practice. There's plenty of info out in cyberspace on how to find the G-spot, but don't get too wrapped up in the search. The battle rages on regarding whether or not it actually exists, and plenty of people claim that it doesn't. And some of them are scientists and shit. I tend to believe any woman who says she's got one, but there are others who swear that they don't and that they've looked everywhere. Probably with specialized equipment, even. On balance, this probably means that the G-spot is just one of those things in anatomy that some people have and some people don't. Even if you can't find yours, just focus on developing a better relationship with your fingers and you'll be just fine. Next up we have KC who writes, I started downloading your shows about two weeks ago and the improvement in the bedroom has been awesome. Here's my problem. My fiance has told me she fantasizes about getting banged by two guys, preferably me and some other guy or even just banging some other dick at some point in life. I've tried to get myself to be okay with this, but I can't. I've told her I'm open to have kinky play where we could watch other people or even do a little light group activity, but I do not like the idea of her fucking someone else, and I find it a huge turnoff. I don't care if she fantasizes about it, but I can't bring myself to say I am cool with fulfilling this fantasy for her. She's not trying to run out and do this anytime soon, but the fact of the matter is she still wants it. I'm not trying to make this a big deal in our relationship, but there's a huge part of me that can't and will not agree to allow this to happen. I don't want to try to repress her sexual feelings or make her think she is wrong for feeling this way, but it's a big enough deal for me that I would consider ending our relationship if this is truly something she wants and needs. Bottom line is, I don't want to share my pussy with any other dick. Please give me your thoughts on this, as I am really trying to work this out with her and in my own head. First off, KC, I'd like to commend you for wrestling with the issue in the first place. A lot of guys in the sexual dark age would just brush off her fantasies and desires, but you're concerned enough with your girl's pleasure that you're trying to come to grips with it and even beating yourself up about it. You're being as open as you can to sexual exploration, communicating with her, and being honest about your own realistic limits. That's an excellent place to start. It's okay to be unwilling to share your pussy. It's okay to have whatever boundaries happen to work for you. I'm a big proponent of group play, but only if it's something that's right for the players, as I'll be discussing in the Group Sex Basics episode. Monogamy is what works for a whole lot of people on planet Earth. I suggest you focus on exploring the middle ground between where you are and her playing with another cock without going all the way there. Tell her you're trying to be as open as you can about it and want to discuss what it is about the experience specifically that really turns her on. This is important research before you can get any work done. Regardless, you can at least duplicate the physical sensation of double penetration, which is definitely getting you part of the way there. A whole lot of women go absolutely crazy for it, and you can use toys to duplicate everything short of the actual second guy. If you got the budget for it, you just might consider picking up a fucking machine or a Sibian to play the part. Other easy, much more cost-effective options include handy dildos with suction cup bases that can be stuck to any smooth surface so she can bounce on them while she's blowing you, a limitless supply of toys that you could use in any hole your cock isn't occupying at any given moment, and even some really slick backup dong harnesses. Picture a strap-on harness designed for a guy that essentially gives him a second dick for a one-man double penetration. I promise you, regardless, she's going to appreciate the fact that you want to take her as close to fulfilling that fantasy as you are comfortable with, and it will make for plenty of great sex down the road. As far as what I'd personally do in your situation, bearing in mind that 
what JV would do isn't necessarily the conservative option. I'd pick up one of those harnesses, blindfold her, tie her face down to the bed, give her a little spanking, and then a little double-dong surprise. Your mileage may vary. In any case, don't get discouraged. Threesomes are probably the most common edgy sexual fantasy for both men and women. But plenty of people have perfectly awesome, totally fulfilling sex lives without them. It's almost never a deal-breaker or a big deal. Considering she agreed to marry you, I would be totally shocked if this fantasy was important enough to her to risk fucking up your relationship over it. I, I really doubt it is. So just keep on keeping on, keep being honest, keep communicating, and use this fantasy of hers as a great excuse to do some new freaky stuff with her. <sighs> oh yeah, breathe heavy into the microphone. Welcome to the show, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do it like that. I'm sexy. Now let's move it's it. It's not sexy, it's mouth breathing. I beg, I beg to differ. When I used to do a lot of phone sex, men loved it when I did that. When you went, let's have all the callers, <laughs> let's have all the callers out there call me, and I'll do <sighs> with them over the phone and a few more things. Let's see what the response is. Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, shower. Welcome to the show this week. Thank you, JB. Is there anything in particular you would like to talk about first? I see you have some rather copious notes of your own this evening. Does it bother you when I make a bunch of notes? No. Oh, okay. Because, you know, I try to... No, it's just that tonight is just like a daylight's burning kind of a situation <laughs> I mean, at this point. You've been working, you know, in case people don't know, and I'm sure a lot of them don't know, you've been working very hard uh, at our business and... Yeah, you know, rather long hours. Long hours. So... But yeah, at this point, I mean, you know, I was I was hoping you spend 10 minutes reading it and call me over. So now we're like, I, I'm looking at maybe having this thing published by 2 a.m. at this point. Oh, well, you know, I'm but thorough. But take your time. I'm thorough. I can see that. <laughs> when I suck your cock, you don't want me to hurry, do you? Well, when I do, I just grab you by the back of the head. <laughs> yeah, but I like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Thank you. Turn it. For walking right into that one. <laughs> I tell you guys, sometimes she just comes on out with her hands up. <laughs> okay, let's go. What would you like to talk about first? Well, I just thought we'd go right in order. Okay. I first would, you know, obviously like to say King Dong story. I loved it. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. Yeah, no, we talked about some giant rubber dicks. I, I do have the one I bought to threaten you with. But uh, I've never actually seen one that was... Big enough to qualify as a baseball bat. I mean, it'd be heavy. Seriously, as hell. do you want me to go get that one? It's not a bat. It's like eighteen inches long. It's not I, a baseball bat. I think that that's the length I mean, of a baseball. Granted, you could beat the shit out of somebody with it. It's like ten pounds of silicone, but I mean, it's not a baseball bat. Well, I, I kind of think that's what she's saying. Is you know, in theory, it's like a baseball bat, not necessarily the size of a baseball bat, but like a baseball bat. And I just want to say that in opening up my dildo world shops, I can have a section labeled multi-use items we would never get you out of the stock room you can't have your own dildo world oh Erin and belinda both said that i can in fact the first one i'm going to open is when they open up their hotel <laughs> although i think it was belinda no maybe no i think it was Erin said that i i should not be working i'd have to be having fun so you know i think i'll have a very good employee or two of course, I have to supervise and I have to test the equipment. Right. That's not we really never, work. I.e., we'd never get you out of the stock room. <laughs> oh, yes, we would. <laughs> anyway, but we could have a special section, multi-use items, you know, 
That was the first one. And then the next one was Gina. Yes. Do you have any suggestions for Gina? Uh, yes, I do. First of all, I want to say, aren't you a lucky lady that you can squirt? Because I think that that is one of the most awesome experiences I have ever had. Yeah, Shara's going to get your membership card out to you directly. <laughs> yes, I'd be glad to. <laughs> I do remember the surprise the first time that I squirted. That wasn't with me, was it? No, it was okay, not. I didn't think so. No, it was not. I got Although- to keep on my toes and ask this shit now. I mean, I've been discovering all <laughs> kinds of stuff just because I never took the time to ask. Well, I will say you're the first one that I was fucking with when I squirted. The squirting, the first time I had the experiences were actually when I was by myself on my bed playing with myself. Okay. Was the first time that I actually squirted. And Did you buy the bed wetter <laughs> no. mattress liners? No, I didn't need to do that. <laughs> Maybe <No>. I should. <laughs> Well, I have to admit, those are some pretty wild moments, <laughs> but I love them, every single one of them, and I wouldn't give up any of them. So, to Gina, be very glad that you that you squirt, and that's one of the nice things that, you know, I think that she should enjoy. Personally, it doesn't sound to me like she wants cel- celibacy, though. I mean, she was talking about, should I? Well, I got the impression she's trying to figure out if it's a viable option. I mean, you know, people rarely get real excited about the prospect of celibacy. So I got the impression <laughs> she's kind of resigned to the fact that maybe that's the right answer. And that's why she was asking. I think she's um, hoping that we both say no, no, no. <laughs> and uh, I'm saying no, no, no. But I mean, if she really felt like it would be good for her, then okay. But I think that... Yeah, you, you got to be careful. You got to use those things. They can close up like an earring <laughs> hole. I would never want that to happen to me, ever. <laughs> but I think In fact, that- we've, got, we've got enough sexual dark age bullshit mythology. We should just come up with some of our own. <laughs> you don't stick something in there once in a while. It's at least as big around as your thumb. It's going to close up forever. Hazard, hazard. Um, I just think that each time that you're with someone new, it's a new experience. And sometimes good. Sometimes you say... I'll never get those hours back. Remember that saying of yours? You always say that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those I'll never get those hours off, back. Often when walking out of a terrible movie, there's <laughs> yeah. two hours of my life I'll never, never get, get back. Never get back. Yep. So I think that uh, that's one of those things that just happens. I think she should do a little list of what it is that she wants for the next time. And don't be afraid to show that list to the potential person that she's going to be with. Guy, girl, whatever. So you're basically saying the same thing I was. Just be be quicker to be upfront. When you're dating, the most important thing is to disqualify people as quickly as possible. Exactly. You know, the, the more you go through relationships and the, you know, the more you date people, the more crazy fucking people you end up going out with. I use crazy as an example uh, because I've had some rather astonishingly crazy experiences. Boy, did you. And uh, oh, <laughs> the psychometer broke. <laughs> but uh, I'm so glad you had those before you met me, though, to be honest. <laughs> well. So one of the things that happens is you get better at spotting the crazy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not that. So that's just the example that I'll use. You know, you get better at disqualifying people. And it is my personal opinion. I mean, you don't have to bring out flashcards on the first date unless you feel like it. But well, wait, could they be flashcards with pictures? Well, certainly they could. That's <laughs> they why should. I said unless you feel like it. <laughs> OK, sorry. The quicker you can disqualify people. If somebody is sexually incompatible with you, you're going to find it out eventually. Right. And. Might as well, I'm not saying jump into bed right away, but through conversation, you can work a lot of that shit out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, and I, the and quicker I, the better, really. Right. And I just think that if you have a list and if, first of all, I think that you should be selective. I don't think that, well, I mean, if you had a group party and you decide to have some group sex or whatever, that's one thing. 
uh, or you're just out oh, for wait, in that, wait, in that case, you don't have to be selective? Let's talk about that for a minute. <laughs> oh, I'm here with my legs spread. So, yeah, anybody? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. wow. That's a double. No, yeah, okay. I'm going to back this up. I think she's off. starting to sweat. That's <laughs> a triple. Okay. All right, making notes for later. <laughs> Please continue. Okay. Okay, let's just get back to poor Gina here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> because we have to take this seriously, you know? We take everything as seriously as necessary. <laughs> we try, but I am having a little fun tonight. I think it's because we had a long weekend. Um. Anyway, I, I do think that she should be selective, especially for this part of it. I, she's getting into a couple different things. She's experimenting with BDSM. She mentioned that she felt like she could relate to me in terms of that she feels that she's submissive. Right. And so I think that even a submissive should be happy and feel pleased. Otherwise, she can't be a good submissive. I think perhaps she's still exploring with the kinky side of herself. And if I'm right, you need to just embrace that while you explore it, have fun with it, go to a few munches. And I believe you, did you mention that to her? I believe you did something similar to um, that. We talked about munches in a previous episode. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about munches for another listener who was specifically asking about getting to know people in the BDSM community. But I think that's good. And one of the things that I was um, very happy that happened to me was I was under the protection of a couple when I first got into the lifestyle. and. It was very nice because it wasn't just a, a dominant slash master who I always had to worry about, you know, was he just trying to get into my pants? The, there was a, a, the counterpart there, the submissive, who was trying to get into my pants. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I probably did. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> okay, losing train of thought. So I think that one of the things that was really great for me was they really did take good care of me. So if you find the right people, whether it's a person or a couple people that help you to embrace who you are and to find these experiences, I felt very safe going into private parties. I felt very safe going into general play parties or clubs, knowing that they were protecting me. I could relax. If they gave me this look, we had a, a signal going with each other, I knew that that person was not somebody I should really have an encounter with. Uh, other ones they were more than happy to introduce me to and say, go, go have some fun, you know. <laughs> so those are the things I think are very helpful if, if you can find uh, the right people. And, and that's important to find the right people to share at, uh, you know, to go to munches with and things like that. All right. Next, we had Kirsten and her issues with uh, vibes, being able to get herself off with her fingers. Mm hmm. So would you have anything to say on that topic? <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting here with the microphone and everything. First, I admit, I love my toys. I mean, you know that. Oh, we know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so much that sometimes I have to put them aside, say, no, no, Shara, you can't play with these right now. For the record, can't walk in a straight line 15 feet in this place without stumbling over one of your dildos. <laughs> As you have one right to the right of your hand. <laughs> yeah, case in point, right next to the... <laughs> Well, as it should be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That'd be pretty noisy. And what color is that Wait one? Wait a second. Wait a second. Hang on. Nope. It needs new batteries. Oh, it needs new batteries? <laughs> so I can't vibrate the bell? I feel fucking robbed. <laughs> I'll go get batteries. <laughs> but That's what, bullshit. But what color is it? It's red. You know why? 
because when you embarrass me with the ding, I look at that and I know that my face is the same shade as my dildo. <laughs> Very special dildo. Okay, so getting back to that, I do love my toys and sometimes I have to set them aside and let my fingers do the walking, so to speak. And I love my fingers. Now, did you were you always comfortable with your fingers? Is it something <laughs> you had to teach yourself? Uh, no. <laughs> you guys should see the look <laughs> on her face. I have she's, to admit, she's I, looking at me like, "What are you a fucking idiot?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I masturbated at a very early age. I mean, like some girls might have done it even before that, but I mean, I think I was like eight years old when I was masturbating. I remember it very well, but I just can't tell you how old I was because that part I don't remember. Well, but I, I distinctly remember I was jerking off before anything was coming out. I mean, so I don't remember exactly what age I was, but it was rather young. <laughs> Knowing you, you were two. <laughs> no, it was not that young. Just teasing you. Probably. <laughs> I mean, come on, we're talking about JV here. So anyway, uh, you know, it was a very early age, but you know what? I, I think that one of the most important things is to love yourself and enjoy who you are and um, lay down in, on a bed in a dark room and just enjoy your body. And a lot of, a lot of people, women and men, some feel they're too skinny, some feel they're too fat, and so they don't really enjoy their body. But if you go into a room and you're laying on the bed and, and you're in a dark room, nobody can see you. And not even you can see you and just start touching your body all over and enjoy yourself. But your fingers will, of course, naturally just find their way down to the pussy. And before you know it, you're coming. So over and over and over again. <laughs> so I don't, I don't need the toys. You know, I don't, I don't need so the toys. So have you ever experienced numbness from vibrators? I mean, considering how often you use the goddamn things, I figure it's something you're an expert on. <laughs> um, that's when I have to put the toys and set them aside. So yes, okay. I have. So that was that was the part you left out. You don't set them aside unless you start feeling numb. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Bell's working hard today. It is. Bell's working hard. <laughs> but what can I say? Thousands of people out there are smiling at your misfortune, though. <laughs> so if that makes you feel any better, you know, if that's it makes great. them happy, then I'm doing my job, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I um I can't help myself. I love my toys. But I, it never interferes with us in having sex, ever. Well, we know this. <laughs> but they don't know that, so well, they do now. Well, perhaps but... we should get you an oscillating toy. Perhaps. It'd be fun. I mean, <laughs> nothing like trying something new. <laughs> way to play hard to get on that, by the way. <laughs> ooh, 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 dildos. Well, you know, you have a birthday coming up. So I should get you a dildo for my birthday? <laughs> yes. Wouldn't you like to watch me? Wouldn't it be fun? <laughs> Well, you know, I, I figured you could probably pull one out of the archives for that. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, so moving forward. Do you have a dildo rack in your closet? Like a sh like most women have a shoe rack on their door or something. You got one filled with dildos? Tell us the truth. No, I don't. But you gave me a good idea for my dildo world store. It's more like a lazy Susan, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that way I can just twirl it. And wherever it stops, you like know. Like those lipstick displays at the makeup counter that hold like 40 different colors like a magazine. <laughs> okay, well, you know. <clears throat> and could you just go easy on me just a little today? I mean, that poor bell is getting tired. You. you never say that. <laughs> so anyway, so I talked about touching and um, I agree with you that uh, to develop a better relationship, I would just probably add. Um, by saying develop a better relationship with your body and enjoy it, which you're probably saying the same thing. But. I think it's important for everyone to try and have a good relationship and a good comfort level with our with our own body. Part of and parcel of the sexual dark age is that we're taught to be ashamed of our bodies and the things that we do with them, and it's all just a big bunch of bullshit. 
but it's something that gets drilled into us by society from a pretty early age. So most people have to deal with that, uh, that kind of uh, hesitation or uncomfortable reaction to perfectly natural things at some point in their lives. I agree. So moving on, we have what, what's got to be whew, taking up a little bit of real estate on your notepad. <laughs> uh, KC's dilemma about his girl's fantasy, his fiance specifically, fantasy about getting fucked by two guys. What do you have to say about that? Well, first, I want to agree with you that he should be commended for acknowledging it and not just shoving it under the rug because when people are uncomfortable with uh, something that their significant other likes to do and it's something that they don't want to do, it's easy to shove it under the rug or hope that it goes away. But it's there in her head. And so it's it, it's always going to be there unless she experiences it. And I think you gave some great options, uh, you know, with dildos and strap-ons and so forth. And um, so I think that you gave some ideas. See, I think he's deliberately, I think you're deliberately trying to bring on the whole bell situation for me today. What, it- yeah. yeah, that started in episode seven. I know, but I mean, like, <laughs> it's on overdrive today. What the heck? It's not on overdrive. You're just blushing a lot today. <laughs> well, so anyway, I think that that's important that you feel comfortable. And for him, the, the different part of it is he's the man. So for him, it's a little bit more different because he would have to be in charge. However, one of the things that he could do is uh, if he chose to go forward with her, um, with her fantasy, is to talk to her about the possibility of, you know, we're going to try it, but I'm going to pick the man. You're never going to see his face. You're going to be blindfolded and he's going to leave, never going to talk to him, um, you know, so that he knows at the end of that evening, it's still going to be about him and her, not about him and her and the other guy. Well, at this point, though, KC seems pretty certain that that's just someplace he's not comfortable going. In 10 years, he might feel different, but today... It's someplace he's really not comfortable going. So he's trying to, he's trying to find some middle ground or, uh, as he said, uh, trying to work it out in his own head so he can stop thinking about it and worrying about it. Well, and that's part of it is if she's thinking about it and he's still going to wonder if it's there. So what I'm trying to do is help him think about the possibility of walking through some different scenarios. Would he feel threatened? And I don't, and I'm not saying that you, that you are feeling threatened, but the po- the possibility is there. And so would that, if it's that you're feeling threatened, would that be eliminated by the fact that you're going to give her this fantasy? Because most, most people want to just try out the fantasy, not that they want it all the time. Although there are some of us that want it all the time, but not everybody. So see, I- you start complaining about the bell and then you come out with your hands up again. You walk yourself right into it. You went from zero to rosy red. I didn't even fucking say anything. I think it's just hot in here. It's just sitting next to you. I just get hot. Oh, yeah, that must be it. <laughs> but but anyway, I he might not mind it as much if he worked it out in his head and said, okay, I'd be okay with it if I knew that at the end of the night it was just going to be her and I again and we weren't going to have to talk about it. He, he had a list of, you know, a set of rules like you and I did. Um, I, you know, wasn't sure that I'd be comfortable being with another couple. You know darn well that that was a, a real issue for me. But you helped me through that, and now, well, just go ahead, ding it. <laughs> so, now I'm okay with it, you know? <laughs> but we always talk about it, and we and always, the award you know? for understatement of the year, 2011, <laughs> goes to okay with it, indeed. <laughs> anyway, so, 
I, I think he's still working out in his head, and I'm not sure that he's going to be happy if they decide on a strap-on and all that, if she's still in her head, wants more. So I'm just saying, if he thought about it a little bit, it, does he feel threatened? And and it's okay if you do. Well, and I, I would agree that uh, regardless, uh, Casey, it's a good idea for you to try and investigate your own feelings and your own uh, hesitation a little bit closer. It, there's nothing wrong with it, but there's nothing to be lost from understanding it. Uh, understand for yourself what part of an encounter like that makes you uncomfortable. Even if you don't ever take any steps to try and move in that direction, you'll be a better, more confident person for knowing where your issue lies. And absolutely, there's nothing wrong with um, wanting, not wanting to share your pussy or not wanting to share, you know, cock. I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to share you with anybody, but then, you know, how could I let that all go to waste? <laughs> <laughs> Shameless flattery. <laughs> no, it's the truth. But I also know that at the end of the evening, it's going to be you and I, and it's there's not going to be the third or the fourth, and unless we were to choose that. But um, at, at this point in our relationship, that's not what happens. So he could set the ground rules, and if she's not okay with it, then that brings up a whole different uh, set of circumstances. But you and the other couple that we were with, you both had us blindfolded, and so. I didn't know. (laughs) So I didn't know what she looked like or he looked like. And, and so it was comfortable for me because there was no, no threat, no feeling insecure. And I'm just saying that there's the possibility that he might feel threatened. I mean, it's just, you don't want to share it and, you know, you really enjoy it. Then of course I understand that too. But if it's to fulfill a fantasy for her, you might want to just consider sitting back and, and kind of coming up with a couple different scenarios that you might be comfortable with. And would you be willing to try them? And find out that it's not so horrible. Just like you and I talked about, you know, if we're going to have another person with us, whether it's female or male, that's it. At the end of the night, it's still you and I. They can do the same thing, you know. So so if he knew that and he was comfortable with that and he knew that he could trust that situation, she never even has to see what he looks like. She never has to know who it is. Well, and he did mention that he was open to, to softer exploration with kinky play playing in a room with other people even though there might not be any contact and those are those types of things are certainly great ways to explore your own attitudes towards group sex without overextending yourself without taking the step of deciding to play with other people you just move a little bit out of your you move towards the edge of your comfort zone and see if your comfort zone moves or comfort zone gets bigger right so is there anything else you'd like to say to the listeners before the end of the show I did want to say one more thing about the dildo in the shower, okay? Dildo in the shower? Okay. Yeah, the suction cup and all that. Uh, I was thinking that you have he... some experience with one of those, do you? <laughs> actually, um, no, I haven't. So okay. it'd be interesting to know if this actually would work. I was thinking if he had like a candle, candle um, lit dinner and, you know, surprised her afterwards with, okay, we're going to take a shower and you open up the shower and it's sitting there ready to go and tells her to ride that cock while suck, sucking his and could be fun but i'm just not sure how well those babies stick to the bathroom walls well but you know you would have to test one out there are several different models and varieties that claim to do that i've um, had them but i never really tried them because well, I, i'll tell you what if anybody out there has any particular experience with any given brand of uh, suction cup attaching vibrator or a, vib- or a vibrator or dildo that will mount easily to a fixed surface uh, shoot us an email mm-hmm or put it on the confessional. And, yep, or you know. post on the confessional or the bathroom wall or anywhere else you'd like. Anywhere else you'd like. 
So um, just wanted to uh, say thank you again, everybody, for listening in. And um, I noticed that we had a, a jump in the podcast this last week. You were... Oh, yeah, a little traffic spike there. Yeah, yeah so I just want to say congratulations there. Yep, good stuff. Very and good. we're doing our first interview, which will be next weekend's show. Yes, that'll be fun. Yes. <laughs> that'll be a lot of fun. So, uh, and I think that's about it. All right. Well, thank you for joining me as always. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even had you today. Well, we better fix that. <laughs> All right. Well, go, I'll, I'll be wrapped up here shortly. Okay. I'll be right there. All right. Thanks for joining us once again this week, and if you're a new listener, I suggest you take the time to go through the back episodes to catch up with the rest of us. I want to mention real quick that episode 24 has been getting some tremendous downloads and a ton of really positive feedback, and some excellent conversations have started because of it. I'm going to see what else pops up and save it all for Listener Mail 9. As always, please feel free to join in the conversation by posting anonymously on sexualdarkage.com, emailing me at jvauthorized at gmail.com, or calling the listener line at 517-376-3116. You can also find Shara and I on Facebook, FetLife, etc. through links on the website. Good ratings or reviews on iTunes are much appreciated. Last but not least in the shameless plugs department, if you've got an Android phone, you should check out the show's Android app. Next week was going to be Group Sex Basics, but I'm bumping it a week because of the great opportunity that popped up to interview a progressive, sex-positive military officer on the issue of gays in the military. We'll get an inside look at the modern soldier's real perspective on the issue in a way that could only come out anonymously. Group Sex Basics will be episode 27 the week after next, and I promise it'll be worth the wait. Until then, this be me, J.V. Altharos, reminding you that sex is one of the greatest things in life, and there is always room for better. <laughs>